You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 455. In this episode, I talk to Marky Feltun about how to make money as a podcast guest. Today, I speak with Marky Feltun, a podcast host and co-owner and CEO of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. She and her business partner, Jessica Rodas, lead an in-house staff of over 25 full-time employees and have successfully scaled the agency to multiple seven figures. In this episode, we talk about how to make money as a podcast guest. If you want to make money as a podcast guest, they have something coming up. On August 10th and 11th, Marky and Jessica are hosting a two-day virtual conference, Monetize the Mic, sharing their very best content on tactical strategies, mindset, and how you can step into the spotlight and turn podcast interviews into real revenue. Hop on over to the show notes where you can find a link on how to sign up for Monetize the Mic, plus all the links to Marky and Jessica. I am so excited to have Margie Feltun on the show with me to talk about how you can make money as a podcast guest. And normally it is Margie and Jessica because it's the two of them behind their company. But we have Margie here on the show today. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much, Sigrun. So we met, well, I met Margie and Jessica through Ali Brown's uh, premiere mastermind. We were together at least one and a half years, I want to say. And it was a little bit different that you was always the two of you. And Ali even came up with a nickname for you. <laughs> yes, Jargi. <laughs> Jargi, yeah. Because normally uh, when you're in a mastermind, it's one person is a representative of each company but it was the two of you. And I found it also interesting that Jessica started this company on her own and then you became partner, but you're an amazing partner. It's like you were there from the beginning. So how did that all come about? Thank you so much. Yeah, we have a very unique story. So Jess founded Interview Connections in 2013. She had her first child and wanted to work from home. And her dad happened to be an entrepreneur, Jim Palmer. He's a business coach. He coaches online business owners to start and grow businesses. So he said, you can work from home with your baby. I'll help you. I'll help you start your own, at that time, virtual assistant business. So she starts Interview Connections with um, Jim Palmer's help, eventually niches down into the podcast guesting. He was her first client who she was booking her dad on podcasts to help grow his business in 2013. It grew from there. And Jess and I had known each other since before Interview Connections because we both worked for an environmental nonprofit going door to door, getting donations to help clean water and, and protect the environment. So that's how we met. And then we separated for a long time. I moved to Asia to teach English. Jess was growing her family. And when my dad died suddenly while I was in Asia, I found myself, I mean, feeling very helpless because I was thousands of miles away from home. You know, my mom was there and our pets were there. 
And my dad died so suddenly. And I did a post on Facebook really out of desperation from Taiwan. Like somebody, can people come like pick up pets and take care of them, take them to their house and take care of them for a month until I can get home? Because it was going to take some time to like dismantle my life in Taiwan and do everything that had to get done. And Jess, who I really hadn't known that well, we had really, we worked together for like six months, but we were connected on Facebook and she said, oh, I'll I'll come pick up a cat. And I remember being like, that's so nice. Like, we don't even know each other that well. And she's going to like drive to my mom's house and pick up this cat. So she did. She ended up keeping the cat who she still has today. And that really was kind of the foundation of our partnership. We lost touch again. We were doing our own things. And I realized that I wanted to be a freelancer and work remotely. I didn't like going somewhere. I wanted to work from home. I didn't like being told what to do. I wanted to set my own hours. So I was wanting to be a business owner and kind of like dip my toe in. And I happened to see Jess post on Facebook that she was hiring contractors for interview connections as booking agents. And I hadn't, I was so new to online business. I was new to podcasting. I had only listened to serial and that was like the extent of my podcast knowledge. But I, you know, reached out to her. She interviewed me. I became a contract booking agent for Interview Connections in 2016. And then I became the first employee in the business at the beginning of 2017. And 2017 was a really intense year. We totally changed the model. We got rid of, it had been totally contractor run. We got rid of all, we had like 10 to 15 contractors, all of them, and hired and trained in-state local employees to replace them, which we had never done before. It was a very steep learning curve. And as a done-for-you service, we had, you know, almost a hundred clients already at that point. So we had to do this transition really carefully so that service wasn't disrupted. It was a very intense time and we really worked together as kind of partners on it. And so she knew that I wanted to be a business owner. We had talked about starting other businesses together. And at the end of my first year as an employee, we had been in conversation about starting other businesses. And then we kind of started talking about, well, would it make sense to just co-own this business and then start other businesses that are under this umbrella business that's already got momentum? And at my one-year employee review, I asked for 50% equity and I got it. Wow. (laughs) That is quite unusual, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you see, saw the advantage of not doing this alone and having you full on and fully committed instead of an, an employee. Yeah. And I didn't just come in like, hey, can I have half of your business that you've worked so hard to grow? It was really like I came in with a vision. I was like, I know I can. At that point, the business was at like 400000 I was like, I know I can get this business to seven figures in a year, like I can get your income here. I can quadruple what you're taking home. Like I feel fully confident. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's a breakdown of the offerings and the monthly goals. Like this is very doable. And she was like, okay. So I didn't just ask for the business. I had this vision and she trusted me and believed in me that, you know, it it takes a lot of trust to, to bring, you're like married to someone when you're a business partner. So she had that faith and trust and that courage And I had that strong conviction and that vision of like, this is going to work. And that was kind of our winning combination. Absolutely. And it has worked out. You have a seven figure and now multiple seven figure 
podcast agency business and you do not just help people, you know, get booked on podcasts. I know that you're really passionate about people actually leveraging being a guest and actually making money from it. So let's dive into that. What, what, let, before we do that, what's the problem with podcast guesting? What are people doing wrong? That's a great question. A lot. I mean, we've, we used to, at the very beginning of the business, we just booked people on podcasts. We'd figure out what shows are a good fit, make their one sheet, send them off, like good luck. And what we realized was that not everybody knows how to actually leverage those opportunities into revenue. So people were saying, oh, I guess it doesn't work for me. And it, which was heartbreaking to us because we love this strategy. We know it works. We grow. We grew our own business from zero to seven figures with no paid ads at all using the strategy. So we know how well it works. So we realized that there was a gap in kind of strategy and coaching our clients and auditing what they were doing and catching little mistakes that can have really big consequences. So one of the big mistakes people make is lack of consistency. They'll do a few shows or even like 10 shows and they'll be like, oh, I'm not sure if it's working for me. And it really takes a momentum build when you do four shows a month every month for a year and we have clients getting you know multi six figure returns on that it's not every single show that gives them a return and that's a really important thing to remember this is a compounding strategy you're building momentum and not every show is going to be a home run but you keep going and enough of them are that you see a huge return on your time. So the biggest thing I would say is lack of consistency. Like with many marketing strategies, people want to dabble, they don't go all in and then they just don't get the most out of it. But also, you know, you're a guest on a show and uh you know, you don't do anything with it. Yeah, that's a big part of it. So the two monetization pieces that people really miss is number one the networking opportunity with the host. They're so focused on the audience. They're so focused on like getting in front of as many people as possible that they forget that this opportunity to really connect and go deep with a fellow entrepreneur. A lot of the times we book our clients on shows that are hosted by people who are either ideal clients for them or would be ideal referral partners for them. And that is such an incredible opportunity. We see clients all the time who get an ROI before the show has even gone live. No one has heard it because the host becomes the client, their client, or the host says, oh my gosh, I want to refer you here. I want to partner with you on Facebook live. And they, they end up getting so many clients out of that relationship. So number one, I think people don't appreciate the host relationship and how big that really is. And then the other thing is call to action. Um, this is why we audit our clients' interviews to catch little things. And one little thing that we actually caught recently with a client who was really doing everything right, like she was getting on the right shows, she was delivering great value, and we broke down her call to action and it just wouldn't have worked. And we were like, wow, she could have spent an entire year doing this, not seeing good results. And so call to action is really important. It shouldn't be paid. So your call to action is what you say at the end when somebody is like, okay, where can listeners connect with you? And she was planning to use a call to action that was like a multi-hundred dollar program, which 
is not a great idea. You can have something paid, but it should be a low dollar amount. You know, it shouldn't be multiple hundreds of dollars or it just won't convert because that's a big ask from one interview. You want to give them value with the call to action and invite them to take the next step with you and get into your ecosystem or even get on the phone with you. But selling multi-hundred dollar right then is not a great idea. And podcasts are a no pitch zone. So you don't want to be selling like that. So that's just an example of, you know, a little thing that can really sabotage your monetization results when you're doing almost everything else right. And what about sharing the show itself? Like it's kind of a, you know, not everyone shares, uh, but what, what is, what is, what is the role of the guest? What do you suggest that they do? You should share every show that you're on. You should share it multiple times. It, it's in your best interest to get as many people to listen to that show as possible. And also going back to that relationship with the host, that relationship is so valuable. It's so important to show them that you care about their show, that you want to help them get a bigger audience too, that you want to promote their show. It's such a two-way street. And when you really want to serve the host and share and promote and get your team doing everything, that helps because then the host is sharing and you're sharing. And it's so valuable, not only for your relationship with the host, but also to get more listens on the episode. And also people really focus on new people finding them on podcasts and, and they do, right? Because it's just, it's somebody else's platform. It's people who don't know you who are then getting to know you, but your interviews also create an opportunity for your current audience to get to know you in a different way. You might have people following you who they see your posts and they kind of are piecing together what you're like. But if you keep sharing interviews and at, at some point they click on one, then they get to know you on this much deeper level. And that's what turns followers who maybe are passively following you into clients. It's actually interesting because, you know, I'm a podcast host and but I don't necessarily share my story all the time because I'm interviewing people like yourself and I'm curious about them. And so, uh, yes, I will do the odd solo show, but it's exactly what you said. If I'm interviewed on somebody else's show, that's actually what my listeners need to hear in order to know my story and, and to know if they want to work with me. They learn that from other shows and less from my show. Yeah. And I love the way you said that. It's really what your followers need to hear. They need to get to know you on that deeper level and get to know your story and your journey. So you say four episodes a month is a good start yes. as a goal for someone who wants to start to, you know, make money being on podcast. You said, uh, obviously network with the host uh, and then having a clear call to action. What, in, in addition to that, what else do people need to do to make sure they're actually making money from appearing on podcasts? Well, it's really important that you're on the right shows um, because you can do everything right, but if you're in front of the wrong audience, obviously it won't work. I think people get very distracted by the ego or by, you know, what they think will be a good fit. Everybody wants to be on like, you know, a top 10 Apple podcast show. And those really aren't the ones that we see generating results for our clients. They're great positioning because you can say, I went on this show and you'll get in front of a lot of people, but it's unlikely that they're the right people. And what we see happening for our clients that get on these really big shows is it's great. It's great positioning again, but they don't get any clients. 
usually if anything, they get inundated with unqualified leads. And then it's like a lot of work to go through all these unqualified leads. So focusing on the right audience and those targeted audiences and not letting your ego get in the way of like, I just want to be on the biggest shows, but finding these opportunities on these mid-range shows that are like 200 to 2000 downloads per episode that are really your people. That's interesting because people will always want to be on the top shows that are in the top 10 charts. But you know, why should the host also have you on unless you have achieved something truly amazing because they get hundreds of requests every week. Yeah, definitely. And if you're if your goal is monetization, you don't need to be on those huge shows because you build that momentum and you grow your visibility on those mid-range shows consistently. But yeah, the other thing is people think, okay, well I want we get asked all the time, like can you get me on Oprah? And it's like is there a reason Oprah would want to talk to you? I think people get a little bit delusional about, because like you said, you, ha you have to have a reason that these big shows would want you. And, and again, getting on a big show, great for your visibility and your brand, probably not great for converting clients, especially if you're an online entrepreneur, you work with specific other entrepreneurs B2B, you're, you're not going to find them in the masses. You're probably going to find more consumers. Okay. We are here talking about how to make money being a podcast guest. You have a call to action. You've shared the show. You've networked with the host. Obviously, call to action makes people sign up for your email list. But do you dive into like what people should be doing next to actually making money? Like after the show goes live, after they share it. It's really just a continuation of that, of continuing to cultivate that relationship with the host, continuing to share it. And we find because it's evergreen content, you do enough podcast interviews and they start to generate revenue while you're sleeping. Like we have people sign up who heard Jess on a podcast like three years ago, which is we always cringe a little bit, right? Because we've evolved so much since then, but it's amazing. And they become clients. So these Interviews are out there working for you, working for your brand all the time. And the more you have out there, the more momentum they're gaining. So it really is just kind of repetition and building up that momentum. And a couple interviews will be just like these amazing blowouts where you just generate so much revenue or you get a huge opportunity. One of our clients went on a competitor's podcast and he was really hesitant to go on the show because they were in the same industry. But we were like, just trust us, just do it. And him and the host ended up connecting so well that the host invited him to be part of a speaking opportunity at YouTube headquarters, which was an incredible opportunity for him that came from this podcast interview. So not every interview you do is going to be incredible like that. But when you keep at it, enough of it are that you start seeing these huge compounding returns. Yeah, I was on a podcast just yesterday and somehow the host felt inspired by my story. Well, they typically say that when they interview me, oh, your story is so inspiring. But this one was like moved. And she said, I'm in a network with 70 podcast hosts. I'm going to share how amazing it was to interview you. And then she sent me a proof that she actually had shared it. I'm like, how cool is that? That's so amazing. Your story is very inspiring. Um, to any of your listeners of your show who haven't heard you on another show, they should definitely check it out. But that's 
such a good example of how these interviews turn into more opportunities in kind of a magical way. So you have to be open to like, you couldn't have predicted she was going to do that, but you showed up, you gave a great interview, you genuinely wanted to serve and give value. And then the results just kind of happen. And then another example, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had someone on my show and uh, she's in a transition herself. So she's kind of starting a new business, but I was so inspired by it, you know, We didn't talk about this, obviously, in the interview itself, but that's like the pre-talk and the post-talk, which is so important, as you mentioned, and a lot of people don't leave enough room for it. Uh, I ended up buying from her a $10,000 coaching package. Yeah, it it happens all the time. And I like that you're mentioning that kind of green room chat, because that is a really important way to connect with the host, talking before the interview, talking after the interview, understanding their business and what they do. I love that. So I want to talk a little bit about the call to action because uh, the call to action can be a hit or miss. And uh, depending on the topic, you might need another call to action or depending on the audience or depending on the show, how do you advise your clients how to pick the right call to action? Yeah, this is something we talk to our clients a lot about. Um, You might end up using different calls to action on different types of shows or depending what's going on in your business, Um, but you do just want to give one. So don't give all all your calls to action everywhere people can find you because it's overwhelming. Most people are on their phone. They're not somewhere where they can like take the call to action right away and they'll just totally forget it. So something that's easy to remember easy to spell. If you, if your website is your full name and it's really hard to spell, come up with a landing page that's easier. Um, it, it takes some testing. The big thing is keep it simple, keep it easy for people to follow, and you need to convey the value of it because they're not going to take the call to action if you don't show them why they should. And they can be really simple. We have clients who have huge success having people book a call as a call to action, giving them a free call, but you have to convey what value they'll get from that call. Yeah. Yeah. Benefits, benefits, benefits. (laughs) Uh, We can never talk about that enough. Uh, It's something that I talk about a lot with my clients. So you have evolved in your business. Like you said before, you used to just book people on podcasts and, you know, lead them to it, so to speak. And now you look at it more holistically because you notice that people need some handholding to make the most out of it and actually make money from being a podcast guest. So what what kind of service do you then offer today compared to a few years ago? Yes, the biggest thing is just a lot more coaching and involvement. So we have we have someone now who is a client success strategist. She is not a booking agent. All she does is support our clients. So she has calls with all of our clients every single month looking at okay, how were your shows last week? What's working? How are the audiences? We have developed a little proprietary scorecard so clients can submit interviews for an audit and our team will listen to the interview and take it through the scorecard, right? Like, are they telling stories? Was the call to action effective? And then break it down for them because that auditing, that critique on the court is really, really valuable 
We also have more community in our network now. So we have weekly calls for our clients to network with each other. And they actually get a lot of business and referrals from each other, but they also have opportunities to share what they're doing, which can be really inspirational because someone will say, oh, I'm using this call to action or I'm, I'm asking host to be an affiliate for this and it's working really well. And then other clients will say, oh, okay, I'm going to try that. So those are the ways that it, it really is more than just the bookings. And we're seeing clients get more results or sharing in our client only Facebook group. Hey, here's what's working really well, or this type of audience is working really well for me. And that has been really, really big. Mm. I love that change from uh, this pure service to, to service plus coaching. So you have an amazing opportunity coming up uh, where you're doing a training called Monetize the Mic. We've kind of make money with podcasting is the title of this podcast, but that's kind of the, the topic. Tell me a little bit, what can people expect when they sign up for that training? Yes. So this, the Monetize the Mic conference is a two-day virtual conference. It will be August 10th and 11th. And we are very excited. So we've done trainings and workshops, but this is the first time we've done a full conference. So we're going to be, Jess and I are going to be running workshops and trainings and doing keynotes on monetization, how to turn your podcast interviews into revenue in your business, getting really specific. And then we have a bunch of incredible speakers who are our clients, these amazing seven and eight figure entrepreneurs who are going to be giving workshops on everything from mindset to the tactics of using JV partnerships with hosts to see a six-figure ROI. So really breaking down what these entrepreneurs in all these different industries are doing that's working so well. So we're really, really excited about this. The content of this conference is our best content ever. And a lot of it is content that we have never unveiled publicly before. So it's a conference, so it's it's not free, but it's a low ticket price. What's the price? Yep, it's very affordable. It is $27. And for the amount of value you get, it is definitely a good deal. And the reason we have a price on it, honestly, is because we are putting so much into it and we really want people at the conference who are serious about getting value, about monetizing podcasts and about taking action. We don't want it to be something that people just sign up for because it's free and they forget about it and they don't actually show up and engage. The energy is going to be really amazing. And we only want people there who are really there to learn. Absolutely. So in the show notes, you find a link. Uh, it's sigrun.com forward slash monetize the mic. Mike. Mike, Mick, I always say Mick. <laughs> uh, and that's how you can sign up. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Oh, that's all. Thank you so much. And I, I look forward to seeing some of you hopefully at the conference. Definitely. I am excited to be there myself. So I encourage everyone listening who really want to take advantage of podcast. We recently did a podcast that episode that it was much better to be a guest than a host. Uh, and now you can really learn how to leverage it with this conference. So thank you for coming on the show, Marky. My best regards to Jessica. And I'm excited for your conference. Thank you so much, Sigrun. Don't miss the opportunity of signing up for the conference, Monetize the Mic. 
If you want to be a good podcast guest and actually make money from your appearances, then this is the right conference for you. Hop on over to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 455, you will, where you will find a special link to sign up for Monetize the Mac, plus all the links to Margie and Jessica. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.